Hello. How are we? I'm good, Tom. Uh, welcome to Technically Speak. Uh, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening. Good night, even. Um, I'm Alan Macleese, I'm joined by a special guest. It's here every week, Peter Donahue. Hello. How are we? Hope we're not serenading you to sleep. It has not been that long since we recorded. Since the last recording. But it's going to have been a week since they've heard us. Yes, it will be. We're holding actually. off. We're, we're letting them behind the curtain here. Ah, a bit inside baseball. So, we're definitely moving to, to, to was that a Sunday release? Um, was that a Sunday release? Aye, it would have been. Would have Sunday, been a Sunday release. release yeah. Aye, it's, a, it's a good day to get it because most people do, if they don't have a lot on a Sunday. Well, my thinking behind the Sunday release was, it, I mean, it didn't work for this weekend, but... Purely because it was bank holiday. Uh, Monday well, morning. Monday's your Sunday in that sense. Yeah. You're wanting your Monday to be like, you've got your commute, you can't be bothered, so you can have, you've got an HP podcast to listen to. And that's what we we're here for. We hope that's that's what we're here for. Now, um, if you've been keeping up, this is episode six. Is it six? I think so. I thought it was five. Oh. Well, I suppose it's six for us. Yes. Five for yes. the listeners. Exactly. Um, because we'll, we had the lost episode that no one uh-huh. shall ever uh, We'll call it, it was Adirai. We'll call it five, we'll call um, it five. However. So it's episode five. Yes. And we have some throwback to episode one. And some throwback to episode four. We do. We're going to um, just tie up a few loose ends because there's a few things happened in the past week uh, that we that I thought would be good to um, to talk about and, and finish off so that people, people aren't... Uh, on a cliffhanger for the rest of the I'm life. sure they're not on a cliffhanger, <laughs> but let's uh, let's jump in. Uh, so it was the first thing. The first thing we're going to talk about is I finally got a new phone. Apple is gone. We spoke about it briefly last week, uh, and then while I was sitting with Peter, I ordered the phone after we finished recording. What phone was it? I ordered the Huawei P20. Now you've been taught well, you knew how to say Huawei very yes, well. Um, I remember the people who were like, can I have the new Huawei phone? <laughs> who are we? That's just, that's just British ignorance, it's totally. an island nation. Totally. Um, so you get the Huawei P20? I did. There's Not a fair story behind the actual order and going to get the phone and stuff like that. Sure there is. Um, Are you going to make it dramatic for us? Yeah, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it dramatic, it's just a wee bit sort of typical malock for people that know me. Um, and for the people who don't? Well, uh, I, bad luck. I ordered the click and collect, the, the O2 click and collect on the refresh um, to trade in my SE, get out my contract early and enter a new contract for the P20 um, and it said it would be ready on the 26th I believe Saturday was 26th was Saturday so yes. I was attending a wedding on Saturday lucky uh, for some congratulations to uh, Caroline and uh, David Rhodes <laughs> um, yes congratulations from everyone here at Technically Speaking <laughs> so uh, all two of us and that was in Charleroi Country Park, a, a lovely, a lovely location, I must say, to get married. Uh, which I'll, I'll have to talk about that a wee bit because that was just hilarious. Um, the building uh-huh. was so old uh-huh. and the foundation so weak. Right. That the floor within, so basically what it was, there's like it's like this big sort of, it's like two buildings joined by like just a wall. And it was in one building and then you left and went round to the other building and they turned the room round. So we had the ceremony, we left, went round, there was a lovely wee bar, you like got a glass of red wine or three or four, and then headed back round and uh, like the like dinner was set up and then uh, like we had dinner, they moved the tables. However, as I said, the building's so old, the foundation's so weak, the floor actually sloped downhill. Wow. But do you know that way it's like if somebody says that to you you think oh it's probably like just like a couple of millimetres either side of Yeah. This was actual like probably about two feet from one side to the other. So could you see you it? Could, I, I don't, you couldn't really see it but you, you could feel, feel it because you would watch people walk in because uh-huh. it's a tiny room. I mean the room we're in just now is probably about another half of this like in terms of from the door. So it's not huge. It wasn't big at all. It was like a, a small ceremony. Um, you would see people walk in, 
So they would walk in and it would go slope from right up to left down. Okay. And they would like sort of slowly like wander over to the left. <laughs> and then like later on you were like walking up the way because uh-huh. of the way we came back in. And you could, it felt like you were climbing. It was so strange. But anyway, it was... So um, drunken arm thought that the no, I'm like, no, uh, obviously it was. It was actually stairs I fell down. Stairs, stairs because of the old dead gilly brogues on the on the kilt, you tie them up your leg, so and they came undone really easily. For so those, I'm really drunk. No, for those not in the know, Aaron fell at the wedding. Yes, I'd he hurt his head. Consumed probably around three to four bottles of wine, and then about five or six tea Marias. Oh, um, uh huh. We're diverging a lot here from your but, trip. I mean, to I, your thought, I thought I had to say that. So <laughs> this is this is like in uh, Hamilton. Well, it's near Hamilton. It's near Hamilton. Well, I thought to myself, I will get that delivered to Hamilton O2. The wedding was at half two in the afternoon, so I thought it will be delivered in the morning. I can go to Hamilton O2, pick it up, and have a nice new shiny phone with a fantastic camera for this wedding. Now, in classic O2 fashion, what happened? Well, it's a DPD. I'm not. I'm not uh, oh. to name and shame here. <laughs> who carried out the delivery? Because as Pete informed me, unless it's a Samsung or an Apple phone, who don't really keep it in stock. Nah, they don't. Really Which is fair enough to. because I've got the one thing I've noticed about O2 shops is they don't like to take a lot of floor space. They don't. Um, Quite small. They have enough for whatever their demand is, but they're not like. Do you know what I mean? Remember Phones For You? Every phone I Phones For You was like, it was like a Tesco extra, it was massive, it was like no Which is why I probably think it ended up failing. One of the reasons anyway. Um, no, the reason Phones For You ended up failing was because if a dodgy junkie guy came in, they would unplug the internet connection and oh the credit check, so he would pass and so they would get the sale. <gasps> really? That was the rumour. Oh, that is a fantastic uh, rumour. Anyway. Um, I got a text message from DPD on Thursday night. It was a Thursday night that we had recorded and I ordered the phone, saying it will be delivered on the twenty fifth of May, the a, day before. Day ahead. I was like, ah, this is outstanding. Fair play, to you, DPD. So I get a wee link, and I, I'm tracking it, and I'm like, ah, oh, it says left. So it left Birmingham at two forty four. On May 25th, early bells. Right, okay, in the morning. It arrived at DPD's Uddingston Depot in Tarrach Side. Which is very close. Which is very close to Hamilton. Uh, well, it's close to Hamilton, but it's probably four hours in a car? Five hours? Depending on how quickly you drive. Aye, I think you mentioned it to me and I went and looked at it on Google Maps. And if you were to drive straight there, it was about four and a half hours. No. Now, how long did DPD take on? 29 hours. Oosh. I've got a few theories. Stopping for deliveries was my obvious one. Stopping for deliveries, however, even then, uh, even then, m- more than one day, I don't feel that that is. like that's taking well, the biscuit. Well, I think so as well, because they obviously thought it was going to get delivered on the 25th. Mm-hmm. So something's obviously went wrong. Something's gone think. wrong. Something has went wrong. I thought. That there was perhaps an accident involving the, the, the thing that they were using to transport it because the vehicle mm-hmm, because I just think that that's far too long a period of time um, so I was like yeah, right it's arrived on the 26th I thought even then as long as it's arrived at 02 before about 1 o'clock You're or good. half past 1 You're I'm golden. still good so I'm waiting I'm waiting gets to like midday and I'm like beginning to, to get ready to go, so I was like, ah, right, I'll phone them." I called O2 Hamilton, uh, like, and I thought maybe I thought to myself as well, maybe just something's wrong with the with the website. No. Which again, very often, uh-huh. can happen. Being a former O2 staffer, yes, <laughs> a member of the fleet. I very um, common for the website not to to do its duties. So. No, it wasn't that either. It was just a, a hellish delivery process. Um, it was delivered on the t- uh, Sunday. So I couldn't go over on the Sunday because ScotRail decided to put on replacement buses and I was working at five and didn't have an eternity uh, to go to Hamilton. 
Um, so then bank holiday Monday, I thought, right, I'm finishing work at three, I could get home, get the train. It shot at four, oh. which was left me tight for time, so I got in touch with my auntie, she gave me a lift over, I got the phone. But we've got there. We've got there! The you must have heard it. Um, was it worth the wait on? So far, so, far, so good. You're happy? what I would say, yes. Fantastic. Um, I've had it for about 24 hours at the time of recording. Um, obviously, because it's new, it's very quick. Yep. Uh, you did say that Android phones can come with a lot of extra guff. Guff doesn't cover it, yes. There is a fair bit of guff, I must what, say. What have you got? It is um, worth it. What are your favourite in terms of the guff? High care. Uh, high care's good. Uh, high care, uh, why we give you like a three year warranty? High care, I would recommend. Phone clone. Phone, phone clone. That sounds like something uh, they use in like spy shows. It gave me so like Google is obviously like a pure big thing on like Android. So well, they Google, make it. Google, Gmail, Maps, YouTube, Drive, but it's basically everything Google. But if you get any actual guff, like I know usually uh, like a lot of phones have got like Amazon and all that. Uh-huh, Amazon and it was O2 recommends. Uh, was yeah. the name of the folder? And it was like Amazon, eBay. I just got got rid. Your classics. Uh, I've got to say, I didn't know how I would feel about a notch on a phone. Uh, I quite like it. It's a very small notch in that one, which is nice. Uh-huh. It's a very minimal it just, notch. It, and you can turn it off in the settings. I don't know if you've uh-huh. seen that. Yeah. You can black out the top so it just looks flat if you really want it to. I, I like it. But the extra screen space is nice. It, just, it makes it feel as if the screen is just like, just keeps going. Yeah. Without it actually keeping on going. Um, another, uh, another plus for Huawei was that a cover came because obviously I spoke earlier on saying that I don't have a cover on my phone because I get used to how it feels and then don't like it with a cover on it. Whereas I have a cover in the box. So you're always going to want a cover on it? Uh, Potentially. So I am now just, I'm just fully used to that feeling in my hand already because that's the way that's it came. That's how it came? Uh, and how are you living without a headphone jack? Well they gave you headphones without we um, Good. Like and you're not finding that you're needing to charge it and listen very uh, often? No, because the battery's so good. See, this is the thing. This is what Apple have to learn. I've got an iPhone 8 and the battery's fantastic. I'm just telling you. Well, I know you're not a fan of the Apple battery, but the iPhone 8's I, beautiful. This, so I've had my phone on, well, I've had it on, like, without being on charge for around 11 hours now. And... I've not even burned 40% of my battery. Wild. Obviously I was at work and stuff, but even then... You weren't slacking. I would go, that was like a full train journey here. I played, let us have made the dinner, played a couple of, uh, played a wee podcast while I was making the dinner out loud and all that kind of thing, which can drain battery on certain phones, that kind of thing. Who were you listening to? Uh, it was a looking Pete show. Shout out to uh, looking Pete. Aye, if, they, if they're listening, they'll definitely know. The they look and the Pete. I mean, you're the Pete. I don't know who... I'm Peter. Yeah, you're Peter. <laughs> um, I really like the fingerprint sensor on it because it's very it, speedy. It looks like a button, but I mean, I, I will show you just now, straight in. So here's something I'm curious about. When the P10 first came out, I was working at O2, mm-hmm. and I didn't like the fact that the button at the bottom wasn't actually a button because instinctively my uh-huh. head was to click on that to go well, home. I did that for the like the first two or three times I was like why is this not taking me home however so no, no matter what you did it wouldn't take you home it doesn't do it I don't think it well I'm now on chrome uh-huh. if I press that it t- <gasps> now takes me home so did it learn they've obviously like that's obviously been a complaint or something they could improve on and, and you didn't change it. the sentence no, that was as it just did as it itself as, yes that seems um, like AI at work on. <laughs> well, we'll get on to that later on in the show. Because that is your um, topic of choice for today, isn't it? Yes, well, we... Artificial intelligence. I, I, was just, I just wanted to draw everything, like, take everything full circle. Spoke about it briefly on the last one with Google Duplex. Um, this phone has Google Assistant. Um, it struggles with the, with the Scottish accent. Now, I'm very surprised by that because I've seen it having great success. I'm wondering if it means trained a little bit when uh-huh. you first get it. Mate, I don't know if you've ever set up an iPhone recently, but it will tell you to say, 
mm-hmm. hey Siri like four or five times. Well, it did, I didn't do it, which it, is why it doesn't work. It did do that. It did? Uh, and I did it. And it, like, it asked me to do it again. So have I you got, have you got um, like battery saver on? Because that'll turn it off. Uh, I don't at the moment, no. Um, Sorry, this is no. an IT spot. So I also, I also like, like the fact that this is one thing about Android that I do like. People might think that when you see when you bring like you, you scroll from bottom up on an iPhone and the it control brings center. up the control center. I think people might think the Android one looks a bit just sort of messy and like thrown together because it's got like it. I know you can customize it, but just the, just the stock one because a lot of people when they get a phone will not um, like really bother with that kind of thing and just sort of live with it. But it's also cool that you've got the control center. In your notifications. Uh huh. Because and uh, the thing I like as well is, like, just mobile data is there, airplane modes there, torches there. Like it just. Huawei have done well in just making everything you need just right there from like from the home screen. Um. I I like the layout of it. Um, I'm still getting used to that particular message icon, which we'll put on the socials. Oh, um, okay. I had to Google how to do a screenshot on an Android phone because it's been so long. The, the knock. Uh, it's the volume, the as well. volume and uh, like lock button at the same time. Let's see. Can I try those? Can I try knocking? Because I know knocking works on some phones. It did. It did work. Let's see. <laughs> Go. Oh, oh you've, didn't that time? Absolutely rattled that. Didn't do it. It's temperamental, but it worked for you. Just one look. Well, well, it's temperamental. There we go. There you go. See how cool is that? That is. Quite it's cool. loads of wee cool things that you can do with a Huawei um, phone. Oh, uh, which I'm going to look into, and hopefully, like every so often, we can we can have a wee discussion about it. But anyway, divulge um, the deepest secrets of Emui. <laughs> yeah, the Android software yes. on Huawei phones have got a terrible name. It's called Emui. Emui. Uh, it's uh, E M U I, but uh, most people call it Emui. It's not the best uh, like abbreviation. It's well, it's um, it's a Chinese name, isn't it? Yeah, it's I I've, I've also just uh, the the calendar seems the calendar the calendar seems shout out to Ashens. Okay. Um, Are you using Huawei's calendar or Google's calendar? That is the big question. Calendar. Google calendar I mean, is the one. It is the um, one. I've got like everything sorted. Everything's good. Can I talk I'm about sure Google calendar for a sec? You can indeed. I love Google calendar. Do you want to know why? Why? So it's got this really cool feature where you can plan out your full week, what you've got on, where you're going to be, when and where, and then you can. The little plus button. You can obviously add an event, but you can also add a goal. So say your goal is like to meditate, to go to the gym more, to go bike rides. To study an English course. To study an English course. You can put in, I want to go to the gym more, so that's what I'm trying to do. And then it will say, how many times you going, do you want to go a week? And it will look at your calendar and say, you can go then, 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 then. And awesome. automatically fill out your calendar. That is, that is how cool. am- I like that. Amazing. I like that. It's the lazy man approach. It's um, like, what have I got on this week? Right, when can I go to the gym? And it goes, well, you can go here, you can go here, you can go here. And uh, you can even say, like, where you work and uh, where your gym is, so it knows how long it will take you to get there. So can, I, can, can I count? Basically, it's that thing where you can tell somebody who is very lazy designed that. I think it's a great feature. Uh, but I think it's a fantastic feature, but in terms of, like, Jack, that, like, is it, I think it's is it a Bill Gates is it a Bill Gates quote? And he said, um, I always ask the laziest people to figure things out for me because they'll do it in the shortest time thing. Yeah. They'll just do it with like the most shortcuts and all that kind of thing. And I think that's one of those things where it's like somebody's just went, I just want to put in everything I'm doing and then something figure out what yeah. I can do elsewhere. It's just the best thing ever. Um, um I'll need to get I'll need to get on that. Yeah, I mean it's really cool. Um, um I was dead surprised when it was a feature because um, for a while I used the Apple Calendar yeah. across devices, um, but when I found out that Google Calendar let you do that, I mean I could easily go into Google Calendar, set it up, and it would sync across to my Apple mm-hmm. Calendar. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to give give Google a chance. Give Google a chance, and I love them. A modern day John Lennon. Yes. Um. So shall we take a little break? 
Yes. And then we will move on to talk about artificial intelligence more. We'll talk about some AI, we'll talk about some fun stories, we'll talk about a few creepy stories. Would that be right? Yes. Is that, is that right? Is that yes. the direction we're going to go fun, in? I suppose they're both fun and creepy. We're also going to talk about um, artificial intelligence against human intelligence and displays of such a thing. Because I think it's quite interesting. This is. It's an interesting topic and I thought we, we have to do a wee bit more on this. We do. Right, we'll, be, we'll be right back, folks. You can join us after this. After this lovely break. feeling after that break, Pete? I'm feeling revitalised. Oh, refreshed. Refreshed. Um, so, artificial intelligence. <laughs> to many people, it is just the film. Can you remember the film, Artificial Intelligence? No. Um, oh, is that, is that, is that a cracker? It's shit. Oh, 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 um, oh, oh, beep that out. I know, we will actually, I just totally forgot about that. Um, Supposed to be get, clean on get, get, get that one hertz um, yes. over the top of that. Um, anyway, uh, aside however, from your profanities, AI didn't watch it. Every never seen year it. now, though, AI is becoming a genuine. Like, it went from like silver uh, to this is not silver screen, big screen. It went from big screen in Hollywood. Oh, well, I don't know if it was Hollywood or whatever. But it's went from the big screen to like being a more and more sort of oh, yeah. real thing. Aye, like there's been there's been a lot of films which have. Used AI as a concept mm-hmm. from like, was it like HAL 9000? One of those yes. movies? Yes, iRobot. iRobot was the um, one I was thinking of. A great film. I, I do like iRobot. You know, Will Smith, not the most diverse of actors, but I will say. Will Smith loves playing Will Smith. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, he just plays Will Smith. I've got to say that in, in Fresh Prince, uh-huh. he's a, I would say that's slightly different from every other character he's ever played. Yes, because he's younger. Uh huh. But, eh. <laughs> uh, iRobot. Great film. Hancock. Do you remember the Audi in iRobot? Yes. Beautiful that car. Cl- and it never existed car. and you were just like, that will be uh-huh. my uh, that will be my social media wallpaper uh-huh. for everything. <laughs> it's like, like the, the, the most blurry um, laptop wallpaper or like... Um, yes, because it was tower. the days before Google gave you the option to uh, filter by size. Mm. She'd be like, give me this picture of an Audi, 200 by 400 <laughs> pixels. <laughs> Put it on my laptop. Why is it not in four big squares? Why is it not in HD? Um, uh huh. That was sorry. That was a nice bit of product placement for Audi. Oh, fantastic! From that point onwards, I wanted an Audi TT. Like they did uh-huh. their job very Perfectly. well. Oh, that was nearly a profanity from you there. That was a a wee F. Anyway, <laughs> don't know what you're on about. Uh, but it has become year on year a more and more real proposition. Aye. As we discovered last week with Google Duplex. That, that's now, when it became an ethical issue, didn't it? We spoke about the ethical the ethical side of it and whether or not you think it should be like sort of honed in. Um, and we spoke about what could be good about it as well. People that can't talk, people with anxiety, severe social anxiety, all that kind of thing. Um, but generally, like that's obviously for like someone that doesn't know that they're talking to someone that is not a human, essentially. Yeah, that uh, that's the thing. Like you couldn't, you can be anxious, or you might not be able to talk on the phone, but I still think that the person on the other line should still know that they're talking to you and not know that they're talking mm-hmm. to not a person. Do you think then, as good as the intentions are? Well, that, that, that I was like, I was talking about it to somebody else. Um, because I found it so amazing the whole uh, really Google Duplex thing. I've, well, been, I've been telling everyone about it. Right? Well, have you? Uh-huh. But this is the this is what I was saying. Like it just dip. I suppose your view on it would depend on how sort of maliciously you would think. Well, that the thing would is, want to use it. Everything that people create, you need to look at it from a, a perspective of could it be used for good and could it be used for bad? Nefarious purposes. And I think something like that could be because yes. not only could it be used to, as you say, help someone in a condition where they're not able to speak uh-huh. or maybe they're not wanting to speak for whatever yes. reason. 
it's out of their control. But then you've also got that aspect of it's not only that the people it's like so with Google Duplex you don't hear the phone call. Uh-huh. It's not like you're on the line and Google is talking and you can hear it as well uh-huh. as the other person. It happens in the background. So if that's compromised Yeah. And you you don't know. You don't know. You could have said anything to uh-huh. that. That, that was a, that was the thing I was thinking. You it could, could be walking in and you've like insulted the man uh-huh. and you have no idea because Google's hardly gonna be like push notification. That phone call went a little wrong. Uh-huh. Jim <laughs> I suggest you don't sit with a man who has a pair of scissors at your head. Yeah. <laughs> who, who's someone who's just hacked me is called a, like, a, a bad word. A, a bad um, word, yes. <laughs> so it's not the. Um, I don't think it's a, how malicious you think it could be used for. It's just that something that's out of your control, mm-hmm. and I think for the person's own self interest, you would want. Like imagine you were phoning something and it you could didn't be fraud. It could be used fraudulently as well to like impersonate someone or that. Could kind of thing. Um, you get a hold of that voice or that technology to read out anything? Uh Because uh-huh. it will no doubt have a singular voice that people will attribute with Google. Uh-huh. I would imagine. But there, there, there will still be people out there who don't know. Yeah. And uh, so, do you? What do you think they should do then? Do you think they should make the actual voice itself more robotic? No, I, I really liked, I really, really enjoyed the fact that it used the the ums and the has. I thought that was good because what it did do is, in terms of, it makes the person on the line a little bit more receptive to their situation, you know? Uh-huh. So if you're like, if say the AI needs to go check the calendar, rather than silence, just like, eh, and it's uh-huh. like, it's almost like they're checking. Um, well, I suppose if it was silence, then the person on the other end of the line could hang up. But so do you think what should happen then is that at the start of the call, as soon as the person picks up and says hello, that the AI should say, this is like Google Assistant or a non-human entity? I would say, like, say if it was me, I'd be like, they'd be like, say we phone my barbers, would be like, hi there, um, this is this is Google Assistant calling on behalf of such and such. The vast, if I could book an appointment with you guys, is that okay? Uh-huh. If the guy says no, then it would put the phone call through to me. Okay. And you're able to do it. If it says yes, then that conversation continues. Okay. See, I think that would be a good solution. I think it's a good compromise. Yes. Um, it just depends that if you have that up front of this is Google Assistant, does the person on the other end then gain a level of I'm going to try and mess up Google Assistant? Do they then get that side of things? Where uh, I don't, I don't know. I think like if people are doing it in terms of a, like, it's a, a, job, a business and service. Job, I think, uh, like, what they would have to look at because if that happened and someone somehow found out about it, yeah, that somebody had messed it up, then that person would probably get in touch and go. I asked Google Assistant to make a call for me earlier on because I was working. Yep. And they have rejected it or done something and then they would get in, in hot water about it. So I don't think that would be an issue. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of potential issues, you know, if it goes wrong and they book the, they book the appointment for the wrong time. Who's right. there at fault? There's all that type of stuff. But in the grand scheme of things, ethically, I think as long as Google Assistant is saying that they are Google Assistant, yes. then I think that's like... Pretty much all you need to do to cover yourself. Um, do you think that all the calls should be accessible? Do you think that they should be recorded and then you should? Aye, so if you like, you want to go listen to the phone call that it made. Oh, then you I think that would be to. good. Like, just say that, like, like bet- between the time that you tell it to call and like the appointment, or like a thirty day period where you can listen back to the call and then it just deletes so that your phone's not absolutely random. <laughs> well, Google, um, Google give you unlimited cloud storage. That's true. <laughs> um, so, like, in, in a, more, a more general point, loads of people think, loads of sceptics of AI think, oh, if we let AI um, go, it will, it will take over the world. I think that's a bit of Hollywood, but I don't. Yeah, I, th- I think that does uh, sort of cloud people's opinion because I think that, I, I think it, like we've seen it can be used for good and I think as long as it keeps being used for good it can only be good well I think it um, 
Elon Musk, the guy who, the owner of uh, Tesla and SpaceX, mm. he, um, he's very much a guy who thinks that when it comes to AI, we should be proactive about regulation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of technologies these days when you're making it, regulation is obviously very reactive. Well, that's like, what I was going to say. Like, like, we will make laws reacting to how the technology is being used. And Elon Musk is very much a guy who says, well, we, you know, AI, there is a risk that that whole taking over the world thing of sorts could come true. Mm-hmm. And we should be regulating how it's made to avoid that. Uh-huh. Well, I, th- I think that most... I would. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a massive expert, but I would say a lot of, if not the majority of, government decisions are made in a reactive way. Yeah. Look at nine eleven. Look at the Grenfell Tower thing. Yeah. Look at like people, like things being hacked, data breaches, all that kind of thing. It's always reactive. It's never proactive. Yeah. And I think with something like this, where, I mean, there's always there's always a chance, I suppose. But where the, where there is that chance, it should be a proactive thing, yeah. and it should be constantly made to like do it. But then again, it's the same as anything. If it gets into the hands of the wrong person or the wrong people, they can still break the law. They can still exactly the laws are laws are like I mean it's like a pure cliche thing, but laws are there to be broken for some people, and yeah. that could still happen. But then at least there's a way that they can be prosecuted, and that can be like, hopefully be solved and all that kind of thing. Um, what about you? Oh! <laughs> Are you video still oh, playing on my phone? Apologies. Uh, Are we what, what's it? What do you mean? Like, what, what's my opinion? So you asked me if what I think about the whole AI taking over the universe question. I'm very much a sceptic of it. It's still too far away, in my opinion, to uh-huh. really guess accurately. Um, so for me, it's a bit of a. No, I don't know, because obviously uh-huh. I don't know it's too far away, but. I can't really see a situation where it gets that bad mm. that something like that could happen. Yeah, but I was just curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, uh, well. I mean, I, I would, I would say that there, prob- there, there could definitely from from no, no, no. reset myself uh, from some of the stories that, that uh, <laughs> for some of the stories that I've read and some of the articles and stuff that you read about AI. I think it definitely. Could happen. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go on to look in at terms a few of, samples of that. Uh-huh, in terms of like just like, like I suppose you don't know in which way it could ruin. Yeah. Like because I mean it could find like the nuclear codes and then we're all plunged into a nuclear winter and half the planet dies off or something like that. Yeah. Um, wow, I didn't which, think about that. Which man. is one way you could think about it. Um, but then you would have to teach it human behaviour and then you would have to teach it to be malicious and all that kind of thing. Well, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to teach it to be malicious it in that situation. Be, yeah. It could learn that it could learn that certain types of humans it would consider bad. Uh-huh. And it could learn that nuclear weapons are the way to get rid of those people. Yes, the, the more, well... It doesn't need to have that malicious emotion. It just needs to logically deduce well, that what it's doing is right. Uh-huh. Or what it's or what it's doing will solve the problem. Uh, I think uh, that's the scary thing. Uh, so it might not even know that it's. So that I, I suppose it's that, it's, that it's the, the fact that it doesn't know. It might know what it's doing is morally bad, but it just deduces these people or this type of thing is bad. This gets rid of it. Uh huh. It doesn't really think with the because I mean the, the, when I was reading there were stories where AI was a, like was. Like in, in, in like inverted air commas racist and all that kind of thing yeah um, wow and it depends who who programs it uh-huh. and that's the thing like it's, it's who programs it because that they're the one who define the boundaries uh-huh. of what it can do what it can and do what it should think what it shouldn't and, and in the current sort of political state that would make a cold war even more terrifying oh yeah in the sense that it could be not even a, mis- a human error that does it, it could be a programming error that a computer has learned to do something. Yeah, man. And then before you know it, like, Moscow, Washington, Volgograd, and, like, New York are, like, just flattened. Um, Feeling good with this podcast? Uh-huh. It's just one of those things where, like, I, but I, I don't, I can't really, I don't think it would ever happen. I don't think it would ever happen, it it would ever happen in our lifetime. No. Um... I think we'll get to a point where it is used for very good purposes and it'll be yeah. used a lot for consumer tech 
Um, I think the, the only real thing you've got to be concerned about is with AIs these days, they're such, they use such a large amount of computing power. Mm -hmm. If it got into the wrong hands, they would need to have a lot of computing power to yes. crunch the numbers themselves. It would need to be like an absolute tyrant of a, of a leader, <laughs> bless you. Um, <sighs> Uh, what like I do think that just uh, if it's <laughs> if it's struggling to learn a Scottish accent, and if it's just learned to make a phone call to a hairdresser, I understand these things can be exponential in terms of how quickly they can learn. But I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried about it. Um, so from what some people would consider quite a sombre note, I would consider it quite an interesting note. Oh no, I think it's very interesting. I just think it's. It's very difficult to even attempt to guess. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, like, we can't Because what, what Google are showing off and what's actually happening in the world behind closed doors... Two different things. Only two different uh -huh. worlds entirely. Um, so now we're going to get onto some stories of, like, so basically just to show how um, AI has come on. Yes. Uh, about AI like against humans because it's a good it's a good barometer because obviously the brain's the best computer and all that kind totally. of thing so the first thing i want to talk about is ibm's supercomputer called deep blue so basically a lot of companies like, DB. like a lot of companies like have a good way to um, test the sort of process and power and the ability to like learn and all that kind of thing uh -huh. Is, so one of them that I quite like is how many digits of pi can it get to? Right. That's one that I've heard. The other one is play play a board game against a human being. Okay. Who's like the best at it? So this was in New York City in nineteen oh Philadelphia in nineteen ninety six, and in New York City in nineteen ninety seven. Um, Which and is twenty years ago. Can we just say? Yes, more than that. Now. More than twenty years ago. Um, and Gary Kasparov was the chess hero, fifteen-time consecutive chess world champion, chess grandmaster. Which is I remember I get gifted a Gary Kasparov chess set when I was growing up. Really, never owned it. Sorry. Oh, I'm not a big chess fan. That was the thing. I could never get into. It. So I'm still not ever get into. It. The nineteen ninety-six match, um, the human one. Right, so the so big Gaza won? It won 4, it, he won 4-2. It, we can't, so they, we can't keep mixing <laughs> no, up between so these they, terms. They, they played 6 games, 2 of which were a draw by mutual agreement. Right. Um, and then Kasparov won 3, outright Deep Blue won 1. Um, which can I just say is crazy to begin with, that an AI first time ever playing a world champion at a game, and it, and it did beat and draw it, draw with the human, uh -huh. like that's, that's still uh -huh. an amazing well, that the, the record set in that was that it was the first computer program to defeat a world champion in a classical game of chess under tournament regulations. Yeah, tournament regulations, um, which is a big thing as well. The second one, the 1997 rematch, Deep Blue won 3.5, 2.5, so what happens is when you draw a game, you get a half. half point each. They drew three games by mutual agreement. Right. Kasparov won the first game. Deep Blue won the second. The next three were draws, and Deep Blue won the, uh, the decider. Oh my goodness! Um, Gary Kasparov spat the dummy when he got beat <laughs> by a computer. He what said, he "So he said it was bad play by him, which was uncharacteristic." What? Uh, he then said that the computer was making illogical moves and therefore it couldn't have been the computer making the moves. He thought there were people behind the computer making the moves. Um, but I generally don't think it was. I just think he's felt the pressure of being beaten by a machine. Yeah. And then... And the thing is, he's still the world champion, was the con winner uh -huh. for consecutive years. So even if there was a human in charge, they're the new uh -huh. world champion. Exactly. You know, they would want exactly. It, well, I think he thought it was like a team... Ah, okay. And therefore, like, a collective rather than just one okay. person. Okay. Uh, so that was the first computer programme to defeat a world champion in a match under tournament regulations. Um, 
And then you can, like the, I mean, the Wikipedia page, I doubt anybody would want to edit it because it's like chess moves and it shows you all the moves they play. Um, there's also, if you want to find out a wee bit more about it, a documentary film Ooh. made about it. I believe it's on Netflix. It's called Game Over, Casper Over the Machine. Uh, it was released in 2003. So he'd won the World Championship every year between 1985 and 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time he was like 12, 13 time world champion, but he retained it after. Okay. Um, it's exactly an hour and a half long, it's the perfect length of a film, so if you want to find out a bit more about it, then <laughs> give it a watch. We're sponsored, can no, I just say? Or not, it's uh, my, my film of the week. Oh, your uh, film of the week. And then there was another one, so it was a, uh, a Chinese game called Go. No, I've heard this one. Uh-huh. Because this was playing Google. Uh-huh, it was Google, a Google Deep Mind Challenge match. Yeah. Where they challenged 18 time world champion Lee Sedol. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Um, AlphaGo, a computer Go program developed by Google DeepMind, to play. Um, they played five games mm-hmm. and AlphaGo won 4 1. Uh, it won the first three, he won game four by Lee. And then it won game five. Wow. Uh, the Korea Baduk Association awarded AlphaGo the highest rank Go Grandmaster and an honorary knighted down. Go Grandmaster? Uh, I like that. So the winner received a million dollars, which was obviously the programme. Yeah. Uh, so. so Google DeepMind said that they would donate that to charities. Um, I and, thought they would have used it for development. And Go organisations as well. So they've actually helped the game. <laughs> And helped like UNICEF and stuff like that. Because if a winner, if a human won it, they would use it for themselves. Uh-huh. That's he, awesome. He received one hundred and seventy thousand um, dollars, one hundred and fifty thousand for the five games, and twenty thousand for winning a game. Um, and I just think that's really interesting because obviously the IBM one. It so I think it learned by, I don't know if it was just fed the rules or fed, uh, like moves that people would do, and then it learned from those moves. And then, like, built up a sort of repertoire of how, like, of like, moves to use and yeah. how to react and all that kind of thing. And there was obvious like improvement from the first match to the rematch. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to give a bit of context to that, when I was studying at uni, we had to create a very basic AI that could get the highest score possible in Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. And um, you get given a core program, so. The AI already knew what the criteria was, and the criteria was to get as high a score as possible. Yeah. But what you had to teach it was that eating the little bugs and the little yellow dots mm-hmm. and not getting eaten by the ghosts was the way to win. So you needed to teach it that. Uh-huh. And uh, the way you done that was more through code than feeding it moves. Right. So rather than you, rather than you playing games and showing it. Because inevitably each person you just you are yourself. Uh-huh. Um, whereas what you would do is you would program a certain rule, and you would use that, and you would see how successful it is, and then it it was almost tinkering. But then what these kind of big data machines do is they take your code, and uh, the AI itself will manipulate its own code mm-hmm. to see. So it will go through all the different per- permutations. So. Rather than this rule doing X, this rule will do Y. And if it does better, if it gets a higher mm-hmm. score, then it goes right, we're gonna go down that route. And it's just it's just a case of going through all the different possibilities. And that and however it gets a high score is just what it does. Uh-huh. I was I was terrible at it. I think I got like a score of like fourteen thousand. Which is good in Pac Man, but uh-huh. in the grand scheme of the assignment, yes. it was like someone got like seventy thousand. Oh my god. Well, this is one of these things where um, it sort of leads in quite nicely to the story that I've got. Oh, we're doing story for, time. Uh, for this week. Well, there's a, that's a couple of stories. Um, that's, a, that's just a way of showing like how uh, like how it's developed over the years and all that kind of thing. Because I think that AlphaGo. Uh, well, I think using the AI for board games is a really cool thing mm. because it as an AI it has so many choices that it could potentially make yeah. so for a computer to deduce what it thinks is the best one uh-huh. and also for a, a world 
championship kind of winner Gary Kasparov to see that some of the moves were illogical in his mind uh-huh. I think that's really impressive as uh-huh, well because he will, he will in he his head he will say like because I, I obviously when it's the same well it's like the same in snooker and stuff as well like you've got to be to be at the top level yeah you have to be two, three, four, five steps ahead. Yeah. You've got to think if I do this it'll do they'll do that and I can do that and like that's obviously caught him out. Yeah. Um because maybe I mean maybe it's one of those where the actual convention of what certain like chess players think is the best move at that at a particular point in a game isn't the best one. Yeah. Um and that can obviously calculate that. But it was just talking of like teaching a computer how to how to how to win a game. Yes. Um. There was an like like a, a program taught how to play NES games. Uh, so like Super Mario learned how to play and completed it and uh, <laughs> completed like, it, mate. <laughs> uh-huh. So it was just one of those like. Uh, it was getting like really high. Like games that had an end. Yes. It would do well. It, okay. When it could get to the end and yeah. it could win. Because uh, once the game ends, it knows. Uh-huh, the that's it. So they thought we'll teach you how to play Tetris. One of the best games. But as you, I, th- I believe actually you said in a certain ad yeah, that I did say in a certain Tetris ad. was your favourite. Retro Nintendo game. It was the uh, Game Boy. The Russian classic, I believe you call it. It is a Russian classic. Um, if you've listened to that iconic music, can I beat it? Yes. Can I beat it? I do Sorry. like the game of Tetris myself. Digressing. Tetris. Tetris, AI. much like Pac-Man, is about a high score. Yes. It can't go on forever. It cannot. Um, so the computer was playing Tetris and it kept playing and obviously it kept losing because it, well it, there was no end. So lost. was it getting higher scores? I think it was developing and it was getting better and getting so better. So it was improving, it just wasn't reaching like a win state. Uh-huh. And it was one of those things as well where the best way the best way to get a high score in Tetris is to build as big a thing as possible and then get rid of it. Because if you get Tetris, like, so if you were to use like the long light blue uh-huh. shape, uh, and you use that, you get a Tetris because it's four lines at uh-huh. once. So yeah, the best way is to just get Tetris after Tetris after Tetris. Whereas after Tetris. I think the computer for some reason or the program thought to get rid of it's them. It's weird to think about it thinking, but the best way to do it was just to like get loads of smaller scores. So and like mount it up, and that's obviously not the best way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so in one run, it was going through it, and it was about. Uh, the game was about to finish, like, it was about to lose because it had like, it, it got it. It he's got a, right up to Scottish the top. Phrase, it got right up to the top. And the AI programme just decided to pause the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because when it paused it, it paused it forever. When it paused it, couldn't lose. No way it could lose because it didn't, the game didn't finish. Now, so, did the game know to pause the game in advance or did it just discover the pause function and went beautiful. Well, I think it was one of those where it's one. Of, it might have been one of those where it's just discovered the pause function and thought, "I won't lose this way," or it's when I'm really annoyed. Like, Has the AI always <laughs> waited? I'm really annoyed that I keep losing and there's no way I can win, so I'm just going to do this. And it spat the dummy. A program spat the dummy. Now my favourite thing it. would have been is if the AI went back to a few days later. Look, I'm ready. I'm Aye. ready for this. I've had a few days. I've kept myself away from it. I've been Googling. <laughs> I've been researching <laughs> techniques. I'm ready for this, lads. Here we go. Let's Tetris. Let's do it. Um, that would have been amazing. But uh, no, so it paused the game. Paused the game forever. Forever? Did not unpause the game. How do you, How long did they give it before they turned it off? I don't know. I think they might have given it. They must have given it a wee while and then just realised. It's done. This isn't, this isn't happening. Which is amazing. That, I That's mean, it's really great real, to think. It? It's slightly creepy in a way that... The AI just went, no, no. So, I've, it seems like I've been talking for a long, long time. You're doing well, you're hosting this what week. You're doing, you're doing well. Is, uh, what, what is your story, Peter? So the story I found was, I'd, I'd heard of it when it came out at the time, but I hadn't really dug into it that much. It's about um, 
It's about Facebook shutting down their own AI. Mm-hmm. Um, so this happened in July of last year, and um, Facebook, massive tech company, massive research and development section. So they had their own AI, and um, the way it was working was there was two AI, two AIs which were talking to each other, and uh, they they created their own language, mm-hmm. which is um, a little bit scary. Worrying. A little bit. So to go from an article um, written by The Independent, which I thought was very concise, it's a great way of explaining it. Um, Facebook abandoned an experiment after two artificially intelligent programs appeared to be chatting to each other in a strange language only they understood. Mm-hmm. The two chatbots came to create their own changes to English that made it easier for them to work, but which, rena- but which remained mysterious to the humans that supposedly looked after them. Now, my favourite bit is the AIs were called Bob and Alice. They had the most generic blue-collar names. I don't know if it was an independent article or Facebook that called them chatbots as well. It's a very naughty's um, way to describe it. Well, chatbots, if you look at Facebook Messenger, you can talk to businesses and stuff in Messenger. Like, um, So if you go onto the, I think it's the New Look website, Mm-hmm. It'll direct you to Facebook Messenger and you talk to an AI and it's like, are you looking for your returns? Are you looking for customer service? And it like it goes, right, you've got an order here, are you want to return that one? And it kinda takes you through it. Yeah. So you're dealing with like a robot rather than a person. So chatbots have been a thing that Facebook have been pushing, which is insane. Yes. Um so yeah, in one exchange revealed by Facebook to some company. Two negotiating bots, so I think the bots were, were um, created for negotiating purposes. Okay. So basically they were created on a situation where if they were to make a deal, mm-hmm. that would be a good thing. So the, the whole point of the bot was, or the AI, was to become better negotiators. Mm-hmm. But and to find an end. Yes. I think this is important to stress in like, pretty much well, all they, the if they, if they, if they reach and If they reach... An amicable, uh, an amicable nego- negotiation, then they get a reward. Mm. So they reward the AI. I don't know how they do that, but they know get that there's. A but they know there's a lot. <laughs> yes, on National Biscuit Day, <laughs> they get a wee V and E's. So to kind of go through the conversation, Bob says, "I can, I, I, everything else." Alice says, "Balls have zero to me." <laughs> 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 to me. To me. To me. To me, to me, to me, to me. Bob then says, you, I, everything else. Alice says, balls have a ball to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. me." Bob, I, I, can, I, 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 everything else. Now, what you do notice is they're both using the exact same names. Now, from, I think, how they kind of took it was the I's and the two me's were quantified as how many that they were willing to negotiate with each other. Oh. So that's why they're using the same amount. So when they say, I can, I, 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 everything else, he's saying, I'll give you two of the first thing and three of the second thing. Um, that's kind of what they thought they were right. producing. And I think the two me's are like, well, no, I want, well, like, do me, do me, do me, do me. So like, I want eight or nine. Uh-huh. So it's like, you've got that negotiation happening between the two of them. So they were able to kind of Yes, but, but even if they don't even actually them, and uh, they all, it doesn't sound that use, useful either. I just love that it says balls have zero to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. I think it's one of those things where like, what does that even mean? But the, the, the scary thing is that obviously there's no way of us knowing what that means. Yeah, like they've had a stab at it. It seems like a reasonable stab at it. Yeah, but we don't actually know. But the computers know. Aye. And um, I mean, what they they also said was that it's almost like a shorthand. Mm-hmm. So you know that way, like when you're counting stuff and you draw, you'll do like one, two, three, four, and then a diagonal line oh, through like which you So it's like a tally marking system. Whereas if the the I is five times, then it's just like you want five cops. So I think uh-huh. they were saying rather than I would like to have five of I, they just go I I I I I I. And for for. A <laughs> that was the worst word to say at that point. Did you just <laughs> say I? <laughs> Um, which was pretty cool. I well, I suppose if it, if it's machines that are negotiating, then why would they talk the way we talk? For them, it's easier. Because isn't it? I, I mean, if I mean, if we want to be philosophical about it, or not even philosophical, just factual about it, humans are just horrendously inefficient. So, 
Well, also the thing was that when they created the bot, they were incentivized to come to an amicable negotiation. Mm-hmm. They weren't rewarded for speaking in English. Uh-huh. So they were trained to speak in English. But when they both realised that they could use shorthands, uh-huh. there wasn't anything to hold them back. If someone, something said, if you do it in English, you'll get a reward, then they would have stayed in English. Uh-huh. But it's because of n- there's been no parameters well, specified. It seems very 1984, that. It does, doesn't it? In a way, because it's like the whole thing where um, the, the party are trying to minimise language. And make it more efficient, yep. and they just want to make one word for everything, and it just seems very much like that. That it's just trying to streamline the one. The one that really scared me, um, because when I was doing a bit of research into, it, there was a headline that said, "Not the first time this has happened." You know, you obviously the the mainstream media are good at um, emphasising and over uh-huh. Google Translate, really? right? At Google, the team working on the Translate service discovered that its AI had programmed, sorry, the AI that it had programmed had silently written its own language to aid in translating sentences. Oh my god. So it made its own AI, it made its own language, sorry. Was it not prompted to do so? It was it just not did told, it. it just started to create one because oh it was, it was like, it will make translating more That's efficient. quite... Yes. So the translate developers had added a neural network to the system, making it capable of translating between language pairs it had never been taught. Okay, the new language the AI sent and wrote was a surprise. So they <laughs> did. That's how they said it, which is insane. So yeah, it, um, it developed a language that no human could grasp, but it was potentially the most efficient known solution to the problem. I mean. It's one of those things where that is, that is just incredible. So when you use Google Translate, it was silently making its own language to help translate <laughs> languages. That's insane. Th- this is why I wanted to talk about it because there's so many things like that where you just it just blows your mind because humans can't do anything like that. Nope. And also, you don't know what the computer's doing either. Uh-huh. Like the computer's just doing its own thing. You're like. Okay. <laughs> cool. like Google are just sitting in there one day you can imagine somebody's just sort of stumbled upon it and being like has anybody um, told us to do this? <laughs> and then they went and get the gaffer and the gaffers came in and he's went like oh, not again we will shut that down <laughs> I love that Facebook as well just kind of went um, turn that off in the mains let's not turn that back on let's leave that to me, to me, to me, to me. There's a Chuckle Brothers joke in there, you know that? Aye, <laughs> <laughs> One of the Chuckle Brothers has died. <laughs> to me, to me, to me. Where is to you? <laughs> <laughs> Who said to me? Was it Barry? I don't know. Chuckle, chuckle, that, That's such a... If I mean, I, I doubt we will, but if we have any listeners under the age of, like... 15, they probably won't have a clue what Chuckle Vision was. Surely they would, man. When was when did Chuckle Vision finish? This is what we now have to discuss. Chuckle Vision finished in the late 90s, didn't it? There not? were 21 series of Chuckle Vision. 292 what? episodes. What? Oh, what? 1987 to 2009 it ran? I need to watch an episode from 2009. Was there not one of the things as well where one of the Chuckle Brothers was just like an absolute like deviant really i'm sure this was like a terrible thing. on set and stuff do you mean or no just like just more? like quite a strange individual i don't know um, i always thought they seemed like nice men on twitter i just love how the chuckle brothers now spend their time going to university unions for freshers have you seen this no so like <laughs> at freshers it'll be like headlining on saturday night Barry Chuckle and he goes and does like meet and greets and all that. It was like that time we went to um, Base Hunter. No, my god, and the, <laughs> the Strathclyde Union, it was Base Hunter, aye. Aye, I, I, thought thought were, I thought you said no, then no, I was it's like, played like two songs and then yes. left. Oh. I mean, Base Hunter, it was a religious I mean, that, that's the thing, Base Hunter was what, one of those, it crept up on you how, uh, like across mainland Europe, I still think he's quite popular. But not here. 
Um, I, just, I would just. Uh, did you ever look at his Twitter account when uh, Base Hunter was touring the UK? No, was it? Was it Base Hunter? We seen Base Hunter. Oh, uh, aye, it was. Now you're gone. Two hundred and twenty-one million views. Aye. Do you know what else? It was just one more thing that I did the other day. Was I looked up him? Um, so Despacito was the most viewed video in history. Despacito. And I calculated how because there was like a meme and somebody said on a video with over a billion views. Oh, I am. Um, <laughs> half of these are me, and then somebody calculated how long. <laughs> can, like, can, like, in terms of like, um, what's the word? Cumulatively, that it had been watched for. Right. So I went on and did it with Despacito, which currently has 5.1 billion views. What? Which is not like a view per person on the planet, right? And how long is it? Four minutes and forty-two seconds. So the first thing we have to do is work out five point one billion in zeros. Uh, well, that uh, but we need to do like forty-two divided by sixty to get how long. Yes. Uh, so it's four point seven minutes long. Yeah. Times five point one billion. Uh, and it's still be minutes it calculates. Huh? Yes, it's two point three nine seven times ten to the power of ten minutes. Now divide that. Uh, so, so divide that, that by 60, that's hours. 399,500,000 hours. Now divide that by 24. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 16,645,833 days. Divide that by f- 7. Oh, I was going to do weeks. weeks. You can do it however you want. Uh, 2 million. So that's how many weeks? 2.3 million weeks. Divide that by. Forty-five thousand seven hundred and thirty years, cumulatively. Wow! Despacito has been watched. Despacito, which thousands of years. It's quite sad. Ah. Uh-huh. I don't think I've watched the video. Which I've is not the best watched thing. it either. Yeah. I've I've seen um, like, because uh, Gemma did a presentation about it for her like Spanish module at uni, and uh, she spoke about like. Basically, how it impacted the Puerto Rican economy, because people wanted to go and see where the video was shot. Because you get these mm. people that are like that, um, and yeah. I've seen a couple of bits about it. But uh huh, forty-five thousand years. I, I mean, that is like it's a fair chunk of time. Because uh-huh. was uh, the first video over a billion? Was that not Gangnam Style? Yes. Well, that's the thing. Like so many of these things work in precedence where as soon as one thing does it loads of th- as soon as it, that barrier's broken everyone else crosses everything it everything else like, loads go over it so so um, we're expecting this podcast to hit a billion views so. yes yes Gangnam style let's just see where it's at actually for right. those who are interested 3.1 so Despacito is long overtaking it but it's still had another 2.1 billion views since it's hit that uh-huh. which is insane as uh-huh. well but that, I think that'll be mostly people going oh remember that yeah um, but uh, just, just crazy man. Technology can blow your mind. So um, to wrap up, we will wrap up here. Um, you can get us. No, thank you for listening, oh, everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I was going to do that at the end. Thank you for tolerating us. Hopefully, this has been a good episode. Um, we've tied up a few loose ends. Um, if, I mean, if you had, if you had, um, if you're listening to this and you've not listened to the episode one and episode four, you might enjoy this episode a little bit more if you go back and have a listen and 2, 3 and 5 are worth a listen as well yeah I mean yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're if, all this your, if this is your first episode you've not got long to listen uh, uh, you've to, not got long to binge to I would say through, I have to go through them all because I know, I know like when people discover a new podcast they do like to binge uh-huh. they like to catch up on like what they've because there's like lots of inside jokes and stuff like uh-huh. that so uh, hopefully um, what barries are you rocking oh well, I, I, you can't crack the back off your phone anymore and see. Well, uh, lithium ion, most of them anyway. Um, you pay the energizer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Thank you very much for listening. Yes. Uh, I have been Alan McAleese. You have been Peter Donahue. And we will be back next week with some more fantastic tech stories. In the meantime, Anchor. Download Anchor, listen to us on Anchor, and leave us a voice message, an actual voice message. We will very soon get to the one voice message that is serious that we have received and uh, we will we will feature anyone who gets in touch with us. Any questions, any sort of anything you want to ask us about about us, about the podcast, about who we do and all that kind of thing. 
then I totally because as much as it's about tech, I listen to a bunch of tech podcasts. I mean, we've, do, we've just sat and spoke about Despacito there and like yeah, that kind of thing. We do go off topic. Oh, you can like, go way off topic. I'd love to do a topic about Scotland and tech. Uh-huh. We have terrible tech. Even though for quite a lot of history we've been at the forefront of tech. No fallen behind. We have fallen long behind. Um, Our email address. You're going for this one since you messed up last week. <laughs> See, this, I've tried to reverse this on you here. Uh, hello at technicalpod.co.uk. Correct. Yes. It's not that difficult. Applaud on Anchor there if you've uh, if you're listening to it. Technicalpod.gmail.com. <laughs> Can't believe oh, you this week. We've probably got like loads of emails sent to that since I've done that. Yes. But anyway, if you want to get in touch. Where to find us? Yep, we will post links to the socials in the description box as well on Apple Podcasts and Anchor. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you in the next one. Tati bye. Adios. To another